We do have lots of educational opportunities to learn about these programs. And we have something called the Knowledge Cafe, where families can go sign up for a webinar. They can look at pre-recorded webinars. They can do live Q&A with folks in our office who are extremely knowledgeable on this, can answer any question you can throw at them to really kind of help ease your mind and help guide you to an informed decision about how to get started. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy. And thanks for listening in as we talk with leaders in our community. Luke Miner joins us today talking about WAP. The College Savings Program. Luke Miner with WA529 is with us today, and we get to hear all about these amazing college savings program. I'm just going to let you hit the road running, Luke. Great. Hey, thanks so much for having us on, Laurie. It's always a pleasure to be here and help uh, share this important message for families, especially families with young children who are looking to save for future college expenses. That's what we're all about. First thing I'll lead off with is we say college savings, but we're trying to really change that, our thinking and the way we're messaging that, because it's really about helping family safer children who want to pursue any academic pursuit or technical training that's going to get them ready for the modern work environment. So we recognize that's not, you know, when people hear college, they often think university and these plans you can use to save for expenses associated with community college, technical school, apprenticeship programs. It's really flexible in the usage. So I, I just want to make sure that that's something people are aware of is we will often bring up the word college, but we're really talking about something after high school, some sort of education or training that helps a student skill up or even an older individual who's maybe mid-career and wants to change a course, skill up and pursue further education pursuits. They can use these types of plans for those efforts as well. The best thing about starting now is it gives you more time to, to budget and plan for this, and it makes it that much easier. If you're not trying to play catch up when a student's older and getting towards graduating high school age, the longer you wait, the less time you have to work with and the more money you have to come up with in a shorter period of time. So the first thing is it makes it easier and it helps you develop that habit where you can decide what fits within your family budget, what you can put away, and it becomes second nature. You're kind of doing it. It's like when you, all about habit, when you form these habits, they're much easier to maintain once you get them going. That's our key message to families is develop that savings habit. Talk to your family members and friends and get everyone involved. Grandparents love to bestow gifts upon grandchildren. I didn't know that having a young child of my own. And there's a place for that. You know, the toys are important, but they don't have to be all the gifts, right? You could think about spending a little bit on on a toy and then put the difference that you might have otherwise spent into a college savings plan for the student. Those are the two things we, especially this time of year, really talk with families about is make that commitment as, as early as you can for your student, make those regular efforts, get the other family members involved in saving towards these expenses. And definitely we want to make sure families understand kind of what we're trying to do here and why it's important. And then we can get into like breaking down the options that Washington has to offer and how how it works and how we help them save. That's always the important thing. And the other important piece is that families not get discouraged. That they feel like they're behind if they have an older student who say middle school or high school age, it's not too late to start saving. It's never too late. As it's never too early to start saving, it's never too late. Any amount you're going to be able to save, even if it's enough to cover some textbooks for a, a quarter or a year, that's going to make a huge impact for that student. And just that act of saving beyond the monetary benefits, there's just uh, the facilitation of that conversation about college going. And again, I say college going, but it's bigger than that. It's what do you want to do after high school? Like, what do you want to pursue? And then what types of education and technical or, and or technical training are you going to need to get there? I like how you how you talked about mindset. We want to create habits of saving. And I remember last time what really impacted me was when you talked about the fact of the language we use when we talk about this from a young age, 
that kids are more likely than to pursue something if it's something we've always planned on. That's exactly right. And there's there's research that supports this. A lot of this research is grounded in families who might uh, be more financially constrained. And there's been interventions where a college savings account is created by maybe a nonprofit group or a government agency on behalf of that child. And in some cases, they've looked at, you know, parents saving for their kids and that kind of thing. But the key is that act of saving and that conversation happening with the child about the fact that this account exists. And you're starting to ask them questions about what they want to do. And that makes such a difference for a child's trajectory. Yes, in, in completing high school, going on to college or some sort of post high school training, and ultimately completing and getting a credential, which is the most important piece so that you have that to help advance whatever career goals you have. If somebody is interested in this and they just like feel overwhelmed, like I don't really know what it is, but I want to know more, what's their next step? Best first step is 529.wa.gov. It has information on the college savings plans that the state of Washington offers. And we can get, we'll get more into that about how these plans work, but best first stop, 529.wa.gov. You have more than the GET plan. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So most people know us for the GET program. Quickly touch on what that is. It's called a prepaid tuition program. It's formally known as the Guaranteed Education Tuition Program. And the guarantee is an important aspect of the name. The state of Washington guarantees that if you buy a year of tuition today, that that year of tuition has been prepaid. It's covered no matter how much tuition changes in the future. So even if you bought that year of tuition for a newborn today, and they're not using it for 18 years in the future, you prepaid it at today's prices and it's an expense you've already covered and don't have to worry about. Now, a year of tuition sound might sound like a lot of money to people. So what the state of Washington does is offer what we call tuition units. So it breaks that one year of tuition down into a hundred units. So you can buy one unit at a time. You need to buy one unit to get started, but you can even buy partial increments of units. If you only have $25 a month, for example, contribute to savings, you can do that and it will buy increment units or increments of units that add up towards these with the 100 units equaling a year of tuition. So that's the GET program. That's how it works. The state's offered this for about 25 years, but we have a newer program called the Dream Ahead College Investment Plan that's meant to be a complement to GET. So families who either have more comfort with stock market uh, risk, or they just want more options than are available in GET, or they want to do both to maybe diversify their college savings. There's a program called Dream Ahead, has investment options that might feel similar to families of what would be available in a 401k plan. You can tell us the student's age or the date you expect them to enroll in college, and we automatically adjust the investments over time to optimize them for for that time period. Or you can construct your own, you can customize it based on your risk tolerance and the types of funds you're interested in. So what you get on the GET side is that certainty, kind of tuition insurance, if you will, peace of mind from the state. On the Dream Ahead side, you have the potential for higher earnings, but there is more risk inherently associated with it because it's not guaranteed by the state. But again, these programs are not mutually exclusive. Families can participate in both or choose one if it aligns best with their savings goals. And we always encourage families to do the research ahead of time, look at our plans on our website, compared to other options for college savings that might be out there, because we're here as a resource. We're not here to say, we know what's best for you. We're here to say, the one thing we do know is that saving and saving early is important and it makes a difference. And we are here to provide options that will help you get there. And again, 529.wa.gov is the best place for a family to start to research those differences.
especially important about these programs is they are what are known as 529 plans. What 529 means is it's just associated with the internal revenue code. And it means there's tax benefits like a 401k plan has tax benefits for retirement. 529 has tax benefits for college savings. So all the earnings in your account grow tax-free and remain tax-free when you use it for qualified education expenses. When I first interviewed you, Luke, you were about to have a, you and your wife were about to have a baby. Now Mm -hmm. your little girl is how old? She's almost three years old and she is a whirlwind and in so many good and (laughs) challenging ways, if you know what I mean. But no, she is, she is amazing. She's our whole world. And, you know, it really makes what I'm doing here for, for these programs really hit home very personally. We want nothing but the best for her future and her, you know, provide for those ambitions that she's going to have down the road. I mean, she already every day she gets out her doctor kit and wants to play with it and uh, take care of us, her sick patients. Yeah. So I can already see that we are probably going to need substantial college savings if that's the route she chooses. So I love that. Well, I have a new grandbaby since we've talked. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. His name is Knox and he is uh, three, three months old now. So they live in Oregon. So my question is, they live in Oregon. I live in Washington. How does that work if I was the grandparent to want to get a get for my grandkid? Well, first of all, congratulations. That's super exciting. I bet Knox is just filling your cup over with joy right now. But yes, to answer your question, uh, grandparents living in Washington can open a get account for a grandchild. And interestingly, the get program, it's, you don't have to have both the student or the account owner live, live in Washington. One or the other has to live in Washington when you open the account. But even if you move, the account can go with you. You can keep contributing to it. And then our dream ahead program, those state boundaries don't apply. You could be, you know, Knox's parents living in Oregon could open an account and, uh, and, and contribute. So, So it's really flexible. That's yet another reason why we offer Dream Ahead for that, uh, another way to add flexibility to the savings efforts there. But you're also speaking to an important point about grandparent-owned accounts. The great thing about these 529 plans is the relationship between, it doesn't have to be a parent-child relationship. You know, it can be a grandparent-child. That's the most common type we see that's not a parent and child. Someone can open an account for themselves and save for their own future educational needs. Again, I'm thinking about someone who might be mid-career, might want to change, and but they know there's maybe a little bit of time before they do that. So they want to start putting some money away for that. So it's really flexible. You don't even have to be related. Someone who is looking out for a, a child in their life, there's lots of different reasons why that might be you're not related, but you want to pay for that child or, or take care of them, you can do that. So these plans are really flexible. A lot of options, even if you don't live in Washington or the student doesn't live in Washington. When that student becomes of age, do they have to go to school in Washington or the money works for wherever they go? That's another great aspect of these programs is even with GET that's tied to our in-state tuition rates, many people assume it can only be used in Washington in a public school, but that, that's not true at all. You can use it across the country. We've even had students use it in schools in other countries. The main criteria we use is if they participate in federal financial aid programs, you can use a 529 plan there as well. And so with the GAP program, what it would mean is we would pay out based on Washington tuition rates, but that money would be portable. You'd have that amount of money to go spend whatever school the student is going to. Now, Dream Ahead is an investment account, so it's based on whatever your balance is there is what you'd have to spend. State lines are not a problem with the programs, even with GET. We talked about the fact that you're not limited to your 
four-year college, right? We have community college, technical school, trades, apprenticeship programs, certain certificate programs. We're working federally at the federal level to try and expand the types of certificate programs they can be used for. Recently, you can actually use 529 funds to repay existing student loans. So say you have a student who maybe by some, I wouldn't say miracle because it's a lot of merit and hard work, but to say a student gets a full ride scholarship and really doesn't need access to those funds, a parent could decide, well, I have my own loans I need to pay down. So I'm going to transfer it to myself and then pay down my student loans. So that's really the intent of that provision is to give people more options if plans change, not to be the first, for most families wouldn't be the first use is to save for an existing loan, but it's nice to know that there are some other ways you could direct that money if plans change for the student. And that's another question we get a lot. People worry about, well, this money that is earmarked for college, what if the student doesn't pursue that? And the first thing we say is, well, we know that young people, plans can change quickly because they're getting out into the world and kind of needing to find themselves. So even if they took a gap year, one to get to work right away, they might have needs down the road that change that drive them back to school or more training. But worst case scenario is that they can't use the funds. You can transfer it to family members and that can be siblings. It can be cousins. It can be in-laws. It's really flexible on how you can transfer the funds. And then ultimately the money is yours that you've saved and is there. And you would have tax considerations if you didn't use it for the qualified expenses, but it's, it's never going to steer you wrong to save and plan for future expenses. You just maximize it when you use it for those qualified expenses. And I know on your webpage, we talked about this before, you have a, a lot of information and learning kind of things. Yeah, 529. So the number is 529.wa.gov is uh, a great clearinghouse of information about the GET program, the Guaranteed Education Tuition Program, and the Dream Ahead College Investment Plan, the state's two 529 college savings plans. And we have information about cost of the GET units and how they work, what the guarantee from the state means. And then on the Dream Ahead side, it walks you through the different investment portfolios that kind of the risks you need to consider. We have options that will let you just choose your student's age. Um, so there's lots of tools that just help guide you to an informed decision that align with your savings goals, the time horizon you have to work with, because we talked about the fact that some families can't wait to get going and they'll even open an account before a child's born, put the account number on their baby registry and say, hey, make a contribution, so-and-so's um, 529 account. And then on the other end, we have families who life gets, life is tough, especially raising kids and time gets away from you. And so there are plenty of families who get a later start, but there are options available for them as well. So that's the kind of information you'll find on the website is we are not advisors. We cannot tell people what plan is best for them, but we can, we provide information that helps you get to an informed decision and make it, once you make that decision, make it easy to enroll and get started and uh, low, really low barriers to get started with the Dream Ahead program. It's $25 minimum to get the account open. And with Get, it's one unit, which is currently $116. And then, as I said, beyond that, after you buy your first Get unit, you don't have to buy it in full unit increments. You can buy it in $5, dollars $25 increments. So, so we try to make the barrier to entry low, the enrollment process simple, and lots of information to help you guide, guide your decision. When you say like you buy your first one, then is it a monthly contribution or is it whenever you feel like it? That's another great aspect is flexibility and how you make the payments is you can set up a structured monthly payment plan where money is drawn out of your bank account automatically on a regular basis. Or if you your budgeting is different and you need to do that a couple times a year, once a year, you're only able to do it sporadically. Um, 
or there are some families who are fortunate to be able to invest a large amount up front. And that works particularly well with GED. If you wanted to buy, if you want to know, say, I want to buy two years of tuition all at once, you buy 200 units up front, but most families aren't able to do that out of pocket, which is why we break it down into these units so that you can chip away at it over time. And that's where we tend to find families have the most success is they make those regular efforts, especially monthly is a great way to do it. We even have ways that people can have it come out of their, their paycheck. So I do it with my retirement and college savings. You think about if you're going to get a raise one year, then if you tuck that away and direct it elsewhere, you're hopefully not going to miss that. And again, it's developing those habits and just like setting them and letting them, them go and do their thing. It just makes it easier if you're attending to it on a regular basis. So we have a lot of ways that we provide flexibility for families. Since you've had your child, it's really enhanced it. But what brought you to this originally, to this kind of work? Public service, first of all, we are work under the Washington Student Achievement Council. And the council's whole mission is to drive educational attainment in the state of Washington. It's helping students pursue their education, get the type of, again, education or training, not just like your standard classroom education that helps get them into the types of jobs that they want and that are good paying jobs. And then ultimately it feeds back into the Washington economy and making it better for everybody. But yeah, I work for a higher education agency that's focused on helping students skill up. And it's just really rewarding to see that. And stories we hear from families on a regular basis about who have done the GET program and who have, their student now has very minimal student debt or maybe no student debt and say, it's the best decision ever made to do this. And, you know, we can't take credit for it. It's their efforts, but we get to celebrate with them and that, that they made those efforts. And that's the kind of thing that keeps me motivated in my own saving for my daughter is just, I know those efforts, while you have to make certain kind of choices and sacrifices now add up over time. So yeah, that's that's what drew me to the work. My wife's a public servant as well. She works for the state of Washington. And I just feel good every day about offering this program that it's not profit driven. You know, there, there's a place for that. Like in our system and society, we need the business owners too, and those who are making profits and feeding their families. But yeah, as far as I'm uh, concerned, I, this is what I love to do. And not only as a public service and we get to help families, but it's helping them pursue something really critical and important to unlocking opportunities for a, for a child. A shift I've seen just recently, and maybe you could speak to this, is it used to be, go ahead, get FAFSA, go in debt for education. And now we're hearing people say, you don't want student loan. These are some hot topics. And, you know, there's also this whole issue of, yeah, the student loan forgiveness and stuff. And what does that mean? Does it mean I even really need to save if it's just going to get forgiven? But we've seen how challenging that is to even relieve students from a portion of the debt that's out there, the 1.7 and student loan debt. What many people don't know is that any of the proposed student loan forgiveness programs so far and the one that's currently on hold have only, it's only been a portion of the student debt that's out there. But to your kind of timely point about there is this real debate going on right now about the value of your traditional like four-year liberal arts kind of degree. And that's where we've had to really shift our thinking within my agency more broadly. And then my, our program, these college savings plans, most people can agree that you do need some sort of training, even if it's not the classroom education, you need some sort of training to get the kind of family wage supporting job in many cases. And so that's why we're making sure that what we're offering to Washington families is evolving along with that. And so again, whether it's the financial aid programs offered by the Student Achievement Council, the state of Washington, or the college savings plans that you can put money away, spend on qualified expenses, we're expanding those things to include apprenticeship programs, because we recognize that that pathway, the four-year university is not for every student. 
And sure, there was definitely conventional wisdom around that a decade or two ago that that was the goal is to get every student into that. The reality is that's just not the right path for every student and we need to adapt and be more flexible. And that's most people can agree that something after high school that provides additional training, education is important. And people might be surprised at the different types of training, both state financial aid and these college savings programs can cover. I love it that you are willing to explore all of that and expand actually for the greater good. Yeah, it, it really is for the greater good, right? Because an educated society is a prosperous society too. And and again, I the education, I think that unfortunately right now has connotations that have very mixed reactions to it because people automatically think of that classroom environment. Much as I believe in the value of a liberal arts education, I also know, again, that that's not for everyone, but there's so many other countless needs and opportunities to, whether we're talking plumbers or electricians, they need really important training. Like sometimes there are things that involve like safety and life and death, and you certainly want someone to be trained for that kind of thing. And they're required to with the different licenses and permits and all that. So yeah, I, I think it's a more nuanced conversation. And I just hope that we as a society can continue to have that in a constructive way and when people see the value in skilling up and getting ready for kind of the modern work environment. I think people might be curious about is when you decide to do this, mm -hmm. say you've got three kids, do you do mm -hmm. one for all of them? Well, the nice thing is there's not application fees for these programs if you enroll online. So the best thing to do is just get started with an account for each child. You can certainly do that. You can certainly start one account and later move funds between students, but it's easiest to set one up per child too. And then Another piece about that too is you're making that connection directly with the student. We talked about those intangible benefits that go beyond the money you save for a student. As far as them knowing that someone is actively saving for their future, having that conversation about uh, what they want to do in the future. And so, yeah, we, we recommend that you set them up for each child, but there is flexibility there too, especially in getting started. If you just wanted one place to funnel the money and then figure it out later, there are options for that. I just love to go back to the point about many hands make light work. So getting family members involved, and it's just such a powerful thing, not only about the amount, how it eases the burden of paying for this expense, but having that conversation at a broader level and more uh, family members participating in that for a student. So that's a really important thing for family starting as early as you can. And ultimately it's not getting overwhelmed by the price tag of college. We know college is expensive and we, you know, our assumption is it's only going to continue to get more expensive over time as that's been the pattern, but break it down into what feels manageable. Most families rely on a combination of efforts to pay for college. It's not, most families aren't going to be paying for everything out of pocket and have no financial stress about that. And most families also aren't going to be able to have it all, all paid through grants or scholarships that they don't have to pay back. So it's, it's a mix of things, grants, scholarships, financial aid, the savings you have, income the student might get from a part-time job. And it's all about just doing what you can today to ease. What we ultimately want is for students to come out of school with manageable debt burdens or no debt. We know it's a huge problem. We talked about the $1.7 trillion problem of student loan debt. And despite the talks of all the forgiveness programs, it leaves out a lot of students and it doesn't forgive all loans for the students it even targets. So Again, our goal is to help families reduce the amount that they have to take on in the first place. So there's not all these what ifs about how am I going to pay that back or I hope it gets forgiven or those kinds of things. The thing I thought of, too, is if a student is getting close to graduation and they know that they've been it, this has been prepared for, they know there's money available, they're more likely to go. We hear of 
kids that really want to go to college and their family doesn't have the means and they don't understand how to look for scholarships or maybe they can't get funding and so they don't go. And so uh, not only is it the mindset of, you know, you will go, it eases the burden for the child if they really have a dream that they can actually pursue it. They don't have to go, you know what, that's not in our wheelhouse for this family. Well, there's some really cool work going on throughout the state and, and in other states about helping families who are disadvantaged students who don't have that upbringing where they have that, you know, wealth and financial security who don't get exposed to that conversation at a young age. College savings plans are becoming tools to, as an intervention strategy where, you know, local or state governments or nonprofits or philanthropists are contributing money to seed a college savings account for the student and investing too in outreach that's connecting with them and their family and talking about these things. So even if the family can't, is not in a financial situation to really make a meaningful nest egg out of that account. That conversation is being had. They're getting early intervention. We're talking about other financial aid resources that will be available to that student at the time. It's just helping them even know and even picture themselves in that and, and knowing that it's, it is not just for the middle class or not just for the wealthy. It's for It's for everyone. And there are ways to help any student make it through. One important factor for folks is the GET programs open for enrollment between November 1st and May 31st every year. Yeah, so there is limited (laughs) time each year to get in, but we've uh, set a new price every year for these GET units. And right now we are not charging a premium over current tuition rates. So it's a great time to get your college savings started with the GET program. Dream ahead's open year round. There's not the, the enrollment period. Don't delay getting your college savings started now. And that's true of get or dream ahead is the more time you have to work with when your student's young, it makes it that much easier. And it increases the potential of what you're able to save and the ultimate growth on top of the savings you contribute. Because that's another important factor is that the time value of money, like I learned about finance class, the more money you put away sooner, the more it works for you instead of you having to scramble to do all the work yourself. Well, Luke, thank you so much. And again, your website is... 529.com. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference.